0: Uh, And welcome. This is KG. I'm your host on Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Conversations is sponsored by Pure Plant Essentials Organic Aromatherapy. Please subscribe to our channel so you never miss a show. Today I am thrilled to be speaking with Leda Lada Donchiva. Lada is an internationally renowned astrologer, lecturer and teacher. Loved all over the world for her YouTube astrology and esoteric lessons and videos. Lada has studied Vedic, Hellenistic, Medieval, and Modern Astrology under the tutelage of famous astrologers around the world. On today's show, Lotta will talk about the return of the Golden Age and evolution of consciousness. After the show, Lada will give free mini-readings and answer your questions, so stay tuned. Please join me in giving a warm welcome to the show, Lada Dunchiva. Welcome to the show, Lada. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so thrilled to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm also very excited. So this is a fascinating topic you're sharing with us today about the stages of evolution of consciousness and the cyclical nature of evolution. So let's get right to it. What are the stages of evolution of consciousness?
1: Well, actually I first have to give a little bit of astronomy to get you into this topic. And it's not complex astronomy, it's very easy. But it's basically, uh, since thousands of years, the most important star in the sky has been Sirius. It's present in every mythology, in every culture, even the pyramids were pointing towards Sirius. Uh, Every culture you go back thousands and thousands of years, they have they venerate Sirius for some reason, uh, and what we're just starting to find out by science is that actually our Sun rotates around Sirius because 90% of all stars are binary systems, and it's it, probably they'll even prove that 100% of all stars are binary systems. And what we are uh, what science is finding out now, is that our Earth. And Sirius are spinning together around each other. And this defines the four cycles of consciousness. Let me first show you where Sirius is. So people can find it in the sky. It's the most basically the brightest star in the sky. Uh, Just a second, I'm trying to find uh, how to share the screen because it disappeared. Oops. Did you go over to the left? Yes. Pop up there. And Yes, this is how Sirius is seen. It's the brightest star. When you see Orion, everyone can recognize Orion's belt in the sky. And you look down below it, you always see Sirius. It's bright and it has a blue color. But it's had blue color only for the past 2,000 years. Uh, 2,000 years ago, all astronomers, and going further back, were saying that Sirius was a red star. And for the past 2,000 years, Sirius has changed its color into a blue star. And actually, it's proving scientifically that since about 2,000 years ago, the Earth was moving away from Sirius. When two stars are moving away, they start blinking, you know, the, the, the star that is moving away from Earth and from the solar system, it has a red color. That's why it was seen in the red color. And for the past 2,000 years, all astronomers are seeing it as a blue star. It means that for the past 2,000 years, Sirius has been moving uh, <clears throat> towards uh, Earth, uh, the our solar system, and Sirius are starting to move closer. Let me show you its binary movement, how a binary star looks. Um, OK. Screen share, there we go. I'm new to this system, so can yeah, you yeah. see it there? Yes. This is how a binary system um, looks, and they basically, our Sun doesn't rotate around Sirius, but they both rotate around each other, and every time, the whole cycle is 24,000 years approximately, when the Sun and, Sir, uh, and Sirius make one full circle around each other on the orbits. And on the Earth, we call this procession of uh, the equinoxes, because... We see that every 24,000 years, um, all the stars make a full circle on the eastern horizon, on the spring equinox, all different 12 constellations are seen over 24,000 years. Uh, And what this implicates is that Sirius, basically, the star that our sun is rotating around is, and we know from esoteric. Uh, traditions that light equals knowledge. That light and um, and the, the the closer we are to light, the more knowledge and the more uh, more evolved consciousness becomes. So every time the, our solar system gets closer on its um, spin around Sirius, our consciousness starts raising. Every time it starts moving further away, which takes 12 years, 12,000 years, consciousness starts decreasing. But I'm talking about specific type of consciousness. It's spiritual consciousness. It's being able to connect to the multiverse, to the different dimensions, Uh, because every time the Earth and our solar system, the Sun, is furthest away from Sirius, which happened around 2,000 years ago, for about 2,000 years ago, from around around the time of the new counting of the ages, you know, the, the... before Christ and after Christ, basically around that time was the darkest period. Let me share another slide with you. Um, Just a second. Here it is. And, sorry. Share. Can you see it fully now? Yes. So, oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I made a mistake again. (laughs) Forgive me. Um, Screen share. Come on. I'm not sure why there is... Okay. So, what is showing that around 2000 to around 500 AD uh, was the darkest age of humanity where consciousness was at its lowest where actually our Sun was the furthest away from Sirius, which is this uh, Sirius, according to occult knowledge, according to occult tradition, sends this light that raises the consciousness of humanity, of our solar system. Uh, and the beings that are there, maybe they're not even in physical form, they're in just consciousness form. They Every time our Sun gets very close to it uh, on its path, <clears throat> Uh, the consciousness starts rising, but you see that for the past since around 12,000 years before Christ, uh, we have been in the descending yugas. And first of all, it started with a golden age, so around the time when uh, the ice started melting, and to around 7,000 6700 before Christ, humanity was still in its gold consciousness, but it doesn't mean that they were technologically super developed it means that people that were born during the golden age it's called the enlightened age they had a direct connection with the invisible world right now we are at the furthest end for the past five, for the past about 3000 years we have been in the stage where the sun is furthest away from sirius it's called the kali yuga the dark age the iron age of humanity when humans are only aware of the physical, when the only aware of, um, the the contact with the invisible world disappears, and that's why religion started to appear, because this the only way to explain the only way to keep the connection with the invisible world was through religion, was through tales, was through you know having a priest priesthood. Well, before that, humans didn't need that. Humans had a direct contact uh, and. Basically whenever the dark ages come knowledge is lost knowledge that humanity has had naturally for thousands of years knowledge that we are multidimensional beings knowledge that knowledge of the invisible world knowledge that death doesn't exist actually people in the golden age they can just for them death was not a painful experience they could when humanity is in golden age the consciousness can leave the body on its own accord we have so much power over matter, uh, because consciousness is at its most awakened, but gradually, for about 12,000 years, this consciousness and this ability of mind over matter is lost. So, at its lowest point, like we've been for the past two, 3,000 years, it's matter over mind. Uh, but it's necessary part of evolution, because humans need to learn the secrets of matter. If we're always... You know, our heads in the clouds, with uh, you know, basically uh, living around divine beings, seeing uh, angelic hosts around us, which is what golden consciousness is. We would have no interest in the material world. We would have um, the individuality would not have developed. And when consciousness is, is at its lowest, this is when the ego arises, and when individual individual thinking uh, emerges. While we're in the golden age which was about 12,000 years ago, and it will come in about 7,000 years from now, even a bit less, in about 5,000 years from now again, uh, will be so merged with the spiritual world that, I think I lost my thought, but (laughs) will be so merged with the spiritual world that um, death doesn't exist. We can control again matter with our mind. In the Enlightened Age, Uh, consciousness is at 100% they say, you know, we use about 10-15%, now I would say probably about 25% of our consciousness, of our mind right now at the dark age, but we've come out of the dark age, if you can see there, it shows that at the present age, at the present day, for about 200 years, we've entered the energy age, which is also known known as the Bronze Age, no, as the, yes, the Bronze Age, after the golden dark, after the um, uh, Iron Dark Ages come the Vapara Age, or Energy Age, as it's also known, or the Bronze Age. And it continues to about 4,000 years after Christ, which means for about another 2,000 years ahead. Uh, And this is an age, it started 200 years ago with the technical revolution when we started discovering a steam engine, electricity, and for the next 2,000 years, this knowledge is coming back. We had it basically, you know. You see that from around 3000 BC, we, we had another energy age, which means that the people that did the Egyptian pyramids, the people in ancient Egypt and around the world, they knew different sources of energy than us. They knew how to manipulate energy and energy sources that are very fine that we still haven't discovered. And everyone knows that in the pyramids there are no traces of burning wood and how did they make all these carvings and all these paintings. They had source of light, they have different source of energy. So we're just scratching now the surface for the past two, three hundred years since the start of uh, the uh, technological revolution we've entered this bronze age and it continues for another 2,000 years when science when new sources of energy will be discovered this corresponds with the age of Aquarius because now on the Eastern horizon when you look every summer on the uh, sorry every spring the uh, constellation of Aquarius will be rising for the next 2,000 years and it very strongly uh, Aquarius energy the energy of new technologies uh, uh mind starting to take over matter because Aquarius rules the mind uh, of uh, communal togetherness, Aquarius rules, big communities, and everyone being an integral part, integral cock of the machine, and everyone having as much importance as the other, the king and the sweeper having impo- uh, feeling important in the system, in the world, so basically integration, globalization, we've started noticing it for the past two, 300 years. And it will continue for another 2,000 years. And now we you see that we're on the ascending um, 2,000 and... 12,000 years, we have of ascending consciousness. So over the next 2,000 years, we'll gain another 25% of consciousness. During the age that starts after that, which is the Treta age, they call it the mental age from around 2000 AD, we'll gain about 75% consciousness. Uh, after, I think by that time, uh, things like uh, uh, communicating without words, Telepathy, telekinesis will be. Everyone will be born with such abilities within the next 2,000 years. Almost most of the people, let's say 90, 80 percent, will start being born with this in the mental age from 4,000 after Christ. In about 2,000 years, this will be the psychic skills. Everyone will be born with them. And then from 7,000 years after Christ, basically about what is that? 5,000 years from now? 5,700 years from now? We enter the golden age where basically people will be born with memory of their past life, they'll leave their body whenever they want, there'll be no illness, absolutely. Even already, you know, we're out of the dark age, our life expanse has increased. Think about it, in the dark ages, in the Kali Yuga for the past two, three thousand, two thousand years, three thousand years approximately, the life expectancy is the lowest. Humans would live till 34, 40 years was the norm. Uh, Humans were much shorter in this period. Uh, If you go back digging, 2-3 uh, thousand years before Christ you see that humans were taller and taller. Uh, basically with expansion of consciousness the height of humans also increases. And I was even present close to my town in Bulgaria by the Black Sea. They discovered four uh, skeletons, archaeologists discovered four skeletons that were about 3 meters tall with the head. It was amazing. Now 250. I don't know what that is in feet but it will be about 7-8 feet Approximately, and uh, it looked like the norm then. And, and then it decreased the past two, three thousand, two, three thousand years. Height. I was even to the um, recently to to an exhibition of clothes from the 16th, 15th century, and I thought, are these children's clothes? And they said, no, these were the clothes of the fully grown people. They were like 150 tall, the norm, you know, like five feet, the norm. And we're starting to grow. We're starting to get taller again. Our consciousness, our knowledge starts to expand. Uh, And imagine in just these two, three hundred years since we came out of the dark age, for the past, you know, since we entered the technological revolution, how much knowledge we've gained, how much we've expanded, how much better the lifestyle of the majority of people is. By the end of this Energy age, everyone should be living at the same standard as the most developed countries ni- right now, but with inexhaustible sources of energy. This is when energy becomes free in this Vapara age that we just entered. For now, it's still paid, but very soon, you know, just in two, 300 years, how much we've advanced. Imagine another 2,000 years, and everyone will be equal, and the resources will be equally spread for everyone, which is very much Aquarian energy. And after that, we enter, you know, the trait of the mental age. I cannot even imagine the type of skills and abilities we'll have at that time. Um, let me remove this. May I, I, may I ask a question? Yes. <laughs> you
0: have connected the dot on so many things. I'm just, you know, and we're getting some questions from people. And please, uh, you know, you can... Put in your questions, and later we'll get to those. If she doesn't cover uh, answer your questions during her presentation, we'll certainly look at you know answer them afterward. I wanted to. One of the things I find really fascinating is that you mentioned that the cyclical nature that it's spiraling. You also mentioned that. I mean, are we spiraling so that we reach even greater heights?
1: it life. never goes in a circle because this would be like such a repeating thing if every time we'll get back to dark ages and then you know it always goes uh, in a spiral so we'll reach spiritual consciousness but we'll keep the um, uh, also the the, the evolution of, of science with us we'll go much higher and higher uh with each spinning there'll be again a bit loss of consciousness but then there is recycling of souls the ones that achieve consciousness around the golden age, they don't need to incarnate anymore. So a new wave of soul starts coming when the descending wave comes. And again, you know, or or souls that have to wait because a lot of the souls that choose or that their vibration is not evolved enough to continue into the golden, into the silver age that are coming, their soul stops incarnating and it waits for the next wave when it picks up from their level on the descending line again. So, uh, you know, a lot of people will not need to incarnate anymore. They'll learn the lessons, but others will have to wait till again. So, and every time it's higher and higher spiral, it never repeats the same way. Well, I
0: just had this image of light Where you're evolving up in your consciousness, and then you fall off the. You know, it's like you don't pass enough of your. That's horrible, isn't it? No, you know know that that. you fall off the, and you have to wait until the next merry-go-round. You know, until you can get on again. But you know,
1: people. people, That's why such deciding times they say spiritually, because people who cannot. incorporate who cannot raise their vibrations or could not want to participate in this raising of consciousness their bodies cannot physically sustain what's happening they'll not their their bodies there will will not be enough bodies for them to incarnate so they'll have to wait for the next wave but the ones that evolve they will not need to come back again they'll be like teachers helping from above we won't need physical bodies you know so it, I, I hope is this way. I don't want to go back to. I <laughs> think it's a good framework
0: for. I think it's a working framework. Yes. You know, just symbolically, uh, working with it as a framework because we really don't know. But I think that if it resonates for you and it's a helpful way for you to symbolically work with yes. evolution of consciousness,
1: I think it's it's viable. Well, that, that's what the Vedic science says. Basically, it was found in books that are 5,000 years old, and they warned that when the dark ages start, they have to hide a lot of knowledge and they code it. A lot of the books that we rediscover now were coded, and they're finally because uh, if people knew this knowledge, they would abuse it in the dark ages, or they could never understand it, and it was coded. And now we're starting to 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 find ways to decode it again, and you know. But the good thing though is that if you saw this cycle, I'll share it again, the descending, the the Kali Yuga, the Dark Age, is much shorter in in duration than the Golden Age. The Golden Age is, I think, about six, seven thousand years, while the Dark Age was about only a couple of thousand or three thousand years. The Golden Age, I think, is actually ten thousand years. So it's progressively. That's why it proves again that light is stronger than darkness, and darkness is short periods in human history. But we need it because we need it to develop individual consciousness, which only happens when we're fully disconnected from the from the spiritual world. Because then the willpower of more evolved beings take care of, take uh, over us, you know. So
0: where is Sirius? What degree is it? What cost- constellation? That's a- uh,
1: Sirius is not uh, is right now um, corresponds to around the 14th de- uh, to around the 14th degree in Cancer in tropical Cancer, uh, and to be honest, most of the big uh, holidays are around the 4th of July, uh, and Sirius is a star of liberation, of raising of consciousness of of liberation. That's why the American Independence Day falls around the day when the sun can join Sirius around the 4th of July. Uh, that's why Bastille Day in France, the revolution, the you know, also falls around the 4th, and quite a few other countries in the past two, three hundred years have had revolutions happen around the time when the sun joins Sirius, Because Syria is such a powerful stream of uh, uplifting uh, and consciousness expanding energy that people... Make revolutions around that time. <laughs> Interesting,
0: right now that we do have Uranus and the Moon and the Venus and Mars. They're pretty close together in the South Node. They are square. Sirius square at that point in Cancer oh. and opposing oh. Pluto which is also at four. Oh. They're forming a T-square right now. So that's going to really break up any. Uh, a sense right? Exactly, it's yeah, old... really <laughs> break up that old, the illusion, the Pluto is the dark. This yes. Hidden.
1: Yeah. Wow, well well observed. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's also, well, the North Node is over there in Libra. I mean, we've got a Grand Cross, actually. Yeah. Which we count the, the Node, that North Node, where we're headed, which is, Libra's about being in relationship. Yes. And all of these binary systems
1: it is. Like, yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You're well observed, yeah. So it is it's not even so complicated. It's just there are four ascending stages, four descending stages, uh, and each one has its beauty, each has even they say that the pyramids were built because they they, they resonate to, to keep up the consciousness because the people, the ancient people, they knew we were going to be losing consciousness in connection yes. with higher world. So they built such big you know, stone hinges and such kind of a megalithic constructions uh, which have big crystals in the middle. They're constructed in such a way as generators of energy and they're saying that they were able to keep up the consciousness with the higher world and yes. the direct experience of those higher worlds for longer. But now we fully lost it, but we're starting to climb now back again. So we're on a descending culture. And interesting. it's interesting to notice that the cultures that evolve, well, it's a, on a descending cycle, they're very traditional because they know they have to preserve the old knowledge. So they give strict rules. like the Vedic culture was very traditional, like very like the Indian culture, you know all those amazing cultures that were created in the past 10,000, 12,000 years, 10,000 years. They had to be very strict so they can keep the good old knowledge from before because they knew humans will become close to animals. And now the cultures that will take the lead and lead humanity will be very progressive. And I'm not saying that some cultures are better than the other, but that's why now the leading power in the world is given to, I mean, very materialistic cultures like America and the Western world, but they're being progressive. You know, they're breaking the rules. And, slowly we'll discover the path to there. Yes. So what do you think, I mean, because the pineal
0: gland, which is very much affected by light.
1: Oh, yeah, that's for sure. It's going to
0: activated by light. Yeah. And it's it's most active at the time of birth and the time of death. That's where, you know, the soul incarn begins to incarnate. I mean, it's a process. We don't incarnate the entire soul ever in a lifetime. Yeah. It's a yeah. multiple,
1: we always leave.
0: multi-dimensional. And the body can't contain it. So, but the, you know, the aspects that's supposed to incarnate in this incarnation, it begins the incarnation. And we were talking a little bit about Rudolf Steiner earlier in education. One of the things he said was that, you know, it it is a slow process. We're like in our mid-30s before, you know, we've activated all of the chakras and all of the energy centers so that we really began to manifest Our our calling what we came here to do. So I see this being really lined up with that and also you know look at the Egyptians with these the priestesses they wore those headdresses you know like as some sort of I don't know what that seems related to the pineal gland. Oh
1: yeah yeah with the little snake here as well always and it's um yeah. It's, and it's everywhere. It's a pine. It's a cone. It's depicted the yes. pineal ground by a cone. It's everywhere in cultures. You'll see it everywhere. Even the, the priest would hold this stuff with a cone on the head yeah, because uh, at the top. They, they knew all about that, but it's knowledge we're refining again. So I think all of that is just, uh, you know.
0: So... I wanted to ask you, does evolution of consciousness happen for humans as well as for all of life on and all of Earth, you know, yeah. galaxy?
1: I mean, is this something that's happening forever? Yeah. Yes, well, at least for our solar system it is. Yes. Uh, and uh, it's for, for the beings, uh, for the even the animal life, but they have a different evolutionary path, as you know, from Rudolf Steiner. Their, their soul will never experience the same thing when it comes to the level of humanity, of human beings, which will be probably might be a few million years from now, but they will never go through the same cycle, through the same lessons. It will never, evolution never repeats itself. It goes in cycles that have similar nature, but it always, on a higher level, like like the beings that are called angels, they never had human forms before that, for example, you know, we're, that's why we're such a unique experiment, and every class of beings, whether angels, archangels, there are different levels that go, oh, up mm-hmm. to the, they, they've all had a very unique evolution, evolution, and it never repeats in the same pattern, always a new layer is added to each new creation, which gets even more complicated, and more You know, that's why it's such an amazing world, and we know so
0: (laughs) little. Yeah, so so I think it's fascinating that our ancestors, you know, were able to, way back who knows when initially, uh, to decode this ancient wisdom of the stars. Um, Do you think it was just because they... They had this connection, they were connected yeah. with all of nature. I think
1: they were directly communicating with divine mind back then, so they were just, not everyone, but they had leaders when humanity was still in more from ages, even though it was, they had direct atavistic clairvoyance, as Rudolf Steiner calls it, they were connected to higher power, the 90% of humanity, the everyday, but they... Would not understand it intellectually they didn't have the intelligence we have they and they had leaders that were much more evolved beings that were leading them and that were giving them this knowledge nowadays we're left to our own devices we're not you know we're not our presidents and politicians are not those divine beings <laughs> from yeah. much more evolved stage you know but uh, <clears throat> we were babies back then 12,000 years ago in consciousness but we were spiritually mighty because We didn't fear death. uh, We didn't, uh, but there there was an intelligence. There there was an intelligent understanding of what's happening. It was. I can't even compare it to animal consciousness because they have different evolution. But very atavistic, you know. They, as far as I remember from Rudolf Steiner, during Atlantis, the quality of memory was being developed for quite a few thousand years during the Atlantean um, cycle. Even wasn't even for hundred thousand years. So only memory, they didn't have logical thinking. Logical thinking came only in the, in the post-Atlantean uh, humanity, which is since 12,000 after Christ, you know, the before Christ story, when uh, Atlantis sank. Yeah, but before that, humans only had memory. So they couldn't invent new things. They could just remember amazingly. They had much more developed memory than us. Uh, they could that's why knowledge would be given from father to child the oldest people would be respected because they have the biggest amount of um, information and only now for the past 12,000 years we've developed the rational logical reasoning capacities that's why we needed to lose consciousness of the divine so we can develop this logical capacity so i mean it's it's bad cuz it's painful we feel disconnected we feel there is no meaning in life we feel life is you know out of comes out of amoebas and, and it's a fluke but but it's a great gift to for for this individuality and rational and ability to think for ourselves
0: mhm yes individuation yes <laughs> yeah jung would call it individuation so so Well, we're coming up, we're at the end of our show already, Um, so I, myself, when I get information like this, it gives me a sense of completion and wholeness and appreciation for the natural cycles at work and evolving consciousness. You said it very exactly how I feel, yeah, a sense of completion and I can relax and allow the natural forces to work for me. There is already in, you, in the universe, okay, so I shouldn't worry too much. <laughs> yes, I mean, somebody, somebody, something grand has got our backs. <laughs> <is> exactly. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, don't that's... have to figure out everything. <laughs> exactly, I'm not,
0: thank God I'm not the manager of the universe, you know, I could never, you know, I, I think to just you know, open myself more to serving, uh, yes. you know, this creator, this life, uh, this life system that has worked for eons. We don't even know how long. You yes. know, and just like the cycles of the seasons, they continue every year. You know, we can know. Yes.
1: Everything. The cycles define, actually, the seasons, they define the tropical zodiac. This huge cycles, they define the sidereal zodiac. That's why both zodiacs, you know, the... Sidereal shows the big ages in humanity. Uh, like now we're starting in Aquarius. For the past 2,000 years were Pisces. Before that were the warrior cultures of Rome and Greece in the age of Aries. Before that was the Egyptian period in the age of Taurus, about 4,000 years before Christ, when the cow was venerated. Before that was Gemini, when the first written when first writing appears, because Gemini rules writing. Before that was Cancer, when the first settlements. In communities de- defined by blood and blood connections were created, and before that was Leo. So we can go on and on and on.
0: Yes, yes, it does go on and on and on. No, and it it,
1: repeats it again, on but on. on a higher level yes. every time.
0: Ah. so just having, I'm so glad you you've brought this information forward for us today. And uh, that ha- just having access to this information for me is helpful for evolving my consciousness.
1: I know, and it's everywhere on the internet. Actually, that's how I find my information. I just I have hours and hours to browse and to read. Yeah, but
0: you have an especial. I've listened to a lot of information. You have an especial way, and just a connection with the with spirit and with the angelic realm, and you know, nice. uh, you're you're definitely connected in. You know, so. <laughs> there's a there's a certain elevation that happens in with uh, just the whole frequency with, with the way the, inter, the information is shared that I think helps to
1: you know, it just Oh, I'm just the
0: information <laughs> for me.
1: Thank you, it must be all the fire in my horoscope <laughs>
0: Yes, well, you're a way shower that's for sure, you're, you're something I tell you, I love you Lotta. Oh, okay, so I just wanted um. To open the, uh, the you know up to start answering some of the Q and A and then uh, Lotta was going to do fin- free mini readings so you want to start with some questions first before we get to the reading and just see what okay yeah okay so um one of them the first one here let's see uh great to see Lotta talking hi about- Ryan <laughs> I love Ryan <laughs> he's a fellow astrologist. Mm. And uh, another one by, is it Powell? I hope I've got that right. Uh, what can we do to awaken our consciousness? Yeah, uh,
1: I don't know. <laughs> I know one thing that really works because my dad went through a dark night of the soul and the only thing that helped him, he had a dream, start watching the sunrise. And it's been in ancient religions. they'll watch the sunrise, it's coming back again, more and more religious are picking up some people just feeding only on sunlight, but don't look at it directly during the day, only sunrise. Uh, when the light is, you know, for ten minutes, you know, after the sunrise so it doesn't hurt your eyes. Over time you can continue to twenty minutes. But this is the oldest um, it, it the the before religions appeared, this is uh, this is what the it wasn't even a religion, it was what everyone was doing because they knew because the first sun ra- rays from the sun open up consciousness. And it, it has to do very likely with the pineal gland that it awakens through light. But also through, I, I've read esoteric teachers who say that uh, wisdom comes through the first rays of the light, awakening and a higher knowledge. And a lot of people receive answers to prayers if they see the first ray of the sun and usually it's best to wake up 10, 15 minutes before the sunrise and start already watching, meditating, saying, I think this is the most powerful thing because my father, uh, has started hearing demonic voices, which he was always a rational person, politician, engineer, and he started thinking he's going mad. And one night, he just, he was awoken and said, start watching the sunrise. And within a month, all those difficult Thoughts, demonic paranoia disappeared, and now he he predicts the future. <laughs> and he sees it pretty correctly. So that, I, I'm not an early riser, but people who start feeling the need to rise early, they're already starting to awaken, I think. And other signals are sometimes problems with sleep and, you know, um, nervous tension that they start feeling uh, before awakening. There's always a big crisis before awakening. I very rarely I have seen someone has awakening that is not, um, that before that doesn't have some dark night of the soul, some depression, crisis, um, you know, belief belief crisis in some way. Even people reach to suicidal thoughts, even a her toll, before he has his awakening. He was in suicidal mode. And I'm not saying if you're in suicidal mode, good for you, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to encourage people who are feeling really low and really down. It might be actually because your consciousness is about to do a leap. And it's not necessarily that you start seeing angels from next month, but you, once you come out of this dark, depressive state, you have a different change, understanding that is a bit closer to awakening. And it's actually it's not even good to awaken all of a sudden. That's why we have given lives over and over again. Gradually, over the next 2,000 years, this is what the predictions of of the uh, prophets are. Over the next 2,000 years, everyone would awaken the Christ consciousness in them. Basically, uh, the birth of the consciousness that was in Christ will be born, will be united with the ego of the humans or the soul, the spirit, basically. And and what Christ did, he said, You do the same even more than me. But for now, it's a very small number, and it will get more and more. And more and more children are being born, the crystal, the whatnot they are already born with this ability. Yes. Uh, and they will teach us, yeah, <laughs> for sure. If you yes. don't know what to do, wait for the kids to grow up and
0: do what they do. <laughs> so. They're totally wired differently. You know, the nervous system, you have to evolve the nervous system. Yeah. and, and get that my charge going through it. You, know, you don't want to have a nervous breakdown or whatever because you're exactly. loaded with information coming in that you just can't accommodate. Yes. Um, I, something that can be very helpful for grounding you and helping you with uh, uh, elevating your frequency and holding more light is having whole foods and not doing processed, oh. but having whole foods, natural foods. Yes. Uh, you're You're a natural being, and that's what your body recognizes as nourishment is, you know, natural foods. So, um, anyway,
1: you want to answer any more other questions? Uh, Is sleep affected from this as the spirit and body gain higher? Yes, I've seen a lot of people, even um, uh, Nikola Tesla, uh, who had images of all his inventions, they would appear in front of him, so he he had an awakened consciousness, I don't know to what level, but he had huge sleep problems, And sensitivity light sensitivity before all these inventions start coming up in front of him and this is something that I've seen Uh, it's part of the process of awakening for most people having sleep problems actually because this this pineal gland is waking up and it produces melatonin the sleeping hormone and when it starts to awaken I guess there are disruptions there
0: Okay, you want to answer any more? Are you seeing all the questions? Oh no, I haven't scrolled down. It says uh, there are different opinions by spiritual teachers as to how to raise the consciousness. Some say meditation, vegetarian diet, blood type, plenty of sleep, uh, while others...
1: I don't think there is one path for everyone. That's why it's such a unique path. But you start feeling like eating healthier, you don't even have to force yourself. I don't believe in forcing yourself. I tried for years to stop a lifestyle, uh, and it's not going to stop. You just keep it in your consciousness, pray, have it in your mind as a desire, but unless it's born within you as a strong urge, uh, if you have to fight to do it, it's just sooner or later you go back to the past ways, you know. So that's why, I mean, it's telling you, you know, stop eating meat and start, uh, don't drink, don't If you're not ready for that, it actually might harm your body more uh, than anything, you know, by by stopping suddenly meat or by by fully changing your lifestyle. It has to come from within, and I often see people go through awakening during Pluto, Uranus transits. These are the and Neptune. These are the ones that yank consciousness to a different level. So you can, and these are the ones that put us in the biggest crisis usually. (laughs) But for things to really change, for a person to change on a quantum leap. I've seen that either Uranus or a Pluto transit has to be there to one of the personal planets or angles in the horoscope. Sometimes Neptune does it, but uh, yeah, I've seen it more like you Pluto Uranus, more like more intense energy. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we got that going on.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. All right. So,
0: uh, would you like to do um, the the mini readings? Uh,
1: okay. Let me chose. just go to my. Um okay there is a lady. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name, but I'll have to say it. Yes. Yeah. Asked me a question. She's called Carol, born on the 24th of April 1961, at 8 o'clock past five minutes in the morning. And she asked me about love. If there is love coming for her soon. And I very quickly looked at her horoscope. Her Venus is at 13 degrees, 14 degrees in Aries. And very soon Jupiter, the planet of blessings, the planet of opportunities, the planet of bringing happiness and fulfillment with whatever area it's expecting, will affect expect Venus, the planet of love for you, and will become stationary around that degree. So the whole March and April and May, you can be, um, you have a big chance to meet someone and, uh, <clears throat> and also stay open. Now is the time, actually. And now there is Venus today passing them, Mars, so be... Uh, out and about as possible, you know, because I think there's a very big chance of you meeting someone. And at the same time, though, after that, you will have uh, another period opening for love, because Jupiter and Venus will both, Venus will even become retrograde on your Moon, and Moon is emotional connections. For women, I've often seen uh, transits of Venus and Jupiter, uh, trigger relationships. That's around the summer from around July to around October. That's another window of opportunity that is quite rare for you. Stay tuned for that period as well. But I see that 2019 is after that you might, you know, 2019 will be the period when uh, something possible to a proper marriage or to a proper commitment of taking a relationship to a next level will happen because you have some progressions, directions, Jupiter transiting three times, your seven house cast. So you do, you are right now, 2015 is a very happening year for this. And after that, it gets triggered again in 2019 in a strong way. I know it's a bit far away, but just giving you a few options here so you know. (laughs) Uh, And then I wanted to there is There is a couple here that I was looking at their horoscope. Uh, A boy and a girl, a bit younger than me. The girl is born on 14th of July, 87. The guy is born on 1982, I think. Name is Ezra and Alicia. They're in a relationship. So I decided to do a quick compatibility because I've just released my um, astrology of love lessons and compatibility. And the first thing that I saw in their horoscope is that the guy, there is a special affinity between them, and the guy is something that we call uh, has a magnetic attraction to the girl because the moon in Sagittari- in Pisces, his moon is in Pisces, I think, yeah, is magnetically attracted to the moon in Sagittarius. I know this, uh, sorry, this is, whose moon is in Pisces? Sorry, just a second. <laughs> I think she must have it. Okay. Yes. Right. Uh, yes. Needs to be ahead of his,
0: right?
1: Yes. Yes. Actually, his his moon is before hers. They have a pretty good compatibility considering the Vedic, um, the Vedic type of compatibility, which looks at two moons, uh, and there is something that's called magnetic attraction, which is like an extra spark between the two of them when especially when it comes from the man to the woman. The moon in Sagittarius is magnetically attracted to the moon in Pisces. And I know it doesn't correspond to Western astrology uh, because Sagittarius and Pisces people think you know they're like on a cross and an angle. But these are some ancient texts and I've seen them work very well, particularly for the moons. So this is when a guy is willing to do more for a woman or if it's the woman should be willing to do more for the guy but in this case comes from the guy to the woman there is kind of a fascination and uh, no matter how many years pass, this person the guy when he feels the magnetic attraction to the woman will be willing to you know to sacrifice in some way to give more to the woman to um, to excuse even her fault Uh, and uh, at the same time there is no big blemishes in Vedic Astrology there is something that can be called karmic rope which ties both sometimes it can even in the Asian books they say some of those karmic ropes can bring blockage of having being able to have children or financial difficulties or you know some some big dramatic events that keep happening around you that don't allow you that tie you to difficult karma they don't have this you know these are the most dramatic relationships that have karmic ropes that they're extremely karmic, but in a difficult way, in a very uh, roller-coaster way. And they have very good wavelength between their moons, which means that uh, it's a special system of calculating this, but basically above 17 points, and they have 24 points, it shows that they feel on the same wavelength. When one feels like eating one food, the other one will feel the same. When one feels like going to the cinema, the other one will feel like that. When they're around each other, they're not going to drain each other's energy, they will excite each other. But I see something else here. They have a double lamia. I always look for inter-aspects, where uh, inter aspect from one horoscope to the other is repeated in both charts. And they have Uranus moon, hard aspect. Her Uranus is on his moon, and his Uranus is squaring her moon, as far as I can see, yes. Um, Something like that, yes. And this can bring a very erratic nature, especially emotionally, to the relationship. There might be a, a few ups and downs and breaking up, or, uh, uh, especially in the environment where they're living, because moon shows place of living, it shows family. So they might be moving a lot, a bit more. Like they, or There might be periods where there is uh, elongated periods of them being away from each other. And I don't know if they live together already or if they if they intend to live together. But they need to give each other more emotional freedom with this aspect. They cannot go too much into codependent relationship with that. Like the. Uh, otherwise, one or the two will try and pull out to get some emotional freedom from the other. Or the emotions will get too errat- erratic, one moment happy, one moment a bit down, you know. it's uh, The overall compatibility is very good, but they have to be aware of this Uranus transit, so they give um, inter-aspect, sorry. So they give more space for each other, and so they uh, not try to emotionally suffocate each other. And even if they can, you know, sometimes take times apart, Otherwise, there might be a bit too much emotional volatility between the two of them, like um, suddenly out of the blue, which is the Uranian energy. But the Vedic compatibility is very good, which is what's in most importantly considered in, a, uh, you know, in the ancient system. And, but what's very important to see is also their prediction. So they have good compatibility. They have to be aware of this Uranus. And they have another more explosive inter-aspect Mars opposition Mars square Pluto they have they make like something like a grand cross which is tension that there might be more arguments between them and it's great for sex Mars opposite Mars you know it creates this tension sexually uh, which initially is very excitable but when two people live together it can create a lot of sparks especially because it's squared by Pluto so it makes it even deeper more intense so uh, and they might even surprise each other from the depth of Um, angry reactions that they have and it's good for them to do something to blow off this energy together Uh, for example to be in some sport together or to do some project together but they should expect that uh, they won't always see eye to eye (laughs) as well Uh, And but the most important thing in this compatibility I'm seeing something from past lives here because Ketu shows past life and it's with um, Venus the planet of relationships and Neptune of the other person they in a past lifetime were in a love relationship that just couldn't happen there was something that basically could not be concluded something that they just longed for each other and could not complete it something that they idealize each other the early loss of the love so they it could not get materialized and in this lifetime Rahu shows the lessons they have to learn together and his Rahu is it his? I think yes. His Rahu is with her Venus and her Mercury. So they've come here to complete the relationship with They Just could not, could not finish in a past life. They couldn't even make it, you know, um, in a sense. They couldn't. Either the atmosphere was such that it was forbidden or it was not allowed. And now in this lifetime, though, I love seeing Rahu, which is the north node. We chose Rahu. The north node is like a hook. And I like seeing it once Rahu hooked to another's Venus or one of the good planets of Mercury which is communication friendship so they'll help each other develop those Venusian mercurial qualities in this lifetime which is affection Venus which is love they'll help each other they'll help each other develop love and show love they'll help each other um, even on the communicative level develop deeper friendship develop uh, stimulate each other's interest stimulate each other's communicative skills stimulate each other's hobbies as well and interests, stimulate each other's ability to enjoy the more sensual side of life, which is Venus, when it's uh, connected with Raku. And the more they are together, the more insatiable they get, because Raku is the dragon's head. Wherever it is, a person is insatiable. They take more and more and once more, and we want Raku to be with the good planet. So the person gets, and both people, get more and more of the good things together. And exactly that's where you know, the inter aspect of uh, his Rahu, which is his evolutionary path in this lifetime, where he has to take more and more of, where he has to learn more and more of, stimulates the Venus and the Mercury. So she will teach him about relationship and also he stimulates how to develop relationships, how to develop tolerance, Venus, uh, how to develop... Uh, because both Mercury and Venus are very sociable planet, very equality-centered, very... Um, communication-centered, very humanitarian, so they'll help each other develop this um, more gentle side, this more uh, pleasant side, and skills and affection at the same time. <clears throat> but I just want to warn the guy, he's going through a bit of a tough period.
0: I, I want you to tell people how to get your course. How to get what? That was phenomenal the reading you gave there on this couple. So I just want to make sure you're gonna tell people how to de- to get your course.
1: Ah, okay. They can go yeah. to com, my website, and it's you see there in one of the angles it says learn love astrology. <laughs> <laughs> I I teach there everything I talk, and I usually can speak for two three hours about the horoscope, you know, especially compatibility. But when it's short, I try to just see the more important things. But they, they can learn within two months with this course to do the same things. Well, maybe a bit longer.
0: <laughs> it sounds like a wonderful course.
1: <laughs> Thank you. But yes, I really like the compatibility of this couple. They just, I, uh, they have some testing time before them. Uh, especially the guy, he's having Saturn transit, his Sun and Moon. This can influence, you know, uh, his emotional relationships as well. And the girl is having Uranus transit, the sun. So she might be changing a career. She might be changing her whole personality within the next year and a half. Uh, and this is at the same time when the guy will be having his Saturn transit, 2016 and 17. So there might be a little bit of a testing of this relationship. And if they survive it, after that, I don't see for a long time uh, anything testing the relationship. So they have to be a bit aware. And they have to be a bit more supportive of each other because both will be going through big problems. Um, big, big changes. And I think it's even indicated in the chart of the girl that the man in her life will be going through some big transitions because the sun is the man and she has Uranus transit. So I think the guy might be starting a new career path, like uh, totally, I don't know his situation, but uh, he'll be working very hard, he'll be busy all the time, and the girl um, he might not have enough time for her and the girl has to be okay with that. And if it doesn't uh, create Too much tension in the relationship. If they survive this testing, I'm I'm sure that it can be after that very solid. Okay.
0: So, were were there any others, or was that it, or that was?
1: I yeah, I just looked at the dose because he told me we have one hour. So. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. Well. Wow, that was that was so incredible. I've just so enjoyed uh, this. Show with you. Oh, thank you. It's so wonderful having you join us uh, for this episode of Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. And I wanted to remind everyone to subscribe to our channel so you never miss a show. And my next conversation show will be with the renowned shamanic astrologer and teacher, Kaylin Castell. Kaylin will talk about the final seventh exact square between Uranus and Pluto on March 16th and take a look at the astrology of the upcoming spring eclipse. I'll also be posting a show about the astrology of the upcoming Pisces New Moon, Solar Eclipse, on March 20th, so stay tuned. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. And Thank much you. Love, wishing you happy days always. Thanks again, Lada. It's been such a pleasure having you with us.
1: Likewise. I absolutely love the whole experience. Thank That's you. Great.
0: Until next time, relax, enjoy your life, and stay connected.